There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Power Court Hour podcast. We got the October 2022 rundown for you here. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to another episode of the show. Second episode back since our uh, break. And uh, it, is, it has been insane. I've been saying it all day and was saying it on the radio earlier when I was hosting a local rush hour on a good old 1079 WRFA. Just, I mean... I, I, I know I talk about it quite a bit. Like, I can't believe it, you know, it's this far into the year or this or that. But, like, I think those six weeks I was gone because I really didn't, like, pay attention to, like, the date. You know, like, I kind of knew when it was because I knew I had three weeks to get back. But, like, I paid zero attention to anything besides, okay, it's, like, Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I knew it was, like, Sunday, but I didn't know if it was, like, September 15th, September 29th, October 1st, like, I really didn't know, and, uh, you know, once I get back, then that all changes, because really, I'm not a, I mean, and really, it's it's good for me, and I should probably have more of it, but, like, I'm not someone who uh, is who is totally great with, like, time management or, you know, regimen or whatever, but um, radio kind of forces you to, because, I mean, booking guests and, uh, you know, just having to record things at certain times. I produce a couple shows now at WRFA where, you know, I'm not I'm not the host. I just come in and record them and produce them and stuff. And, uh, you know, when you start kind of working at the, uh, I don't know, whim or whatever of, like, other people's schedules, like, you got to kind of, like, I do keep a, uh, you know, a little, like, pocket calendar and a wall calendar and, like, write down, like, this day I have an interview at this time and, you know, this day I'm going to go here and, you know, kind of like try, I even try to plan stuff out a little more and go like, all right, well, if you want to go do something, you know, go do it like Friday or go, you know, whatever. But, um, so since getting back, I mean, I, I've obviously kind of had to pay attention to the calendar more, but I mean, Jesus Christ, I can't believe it's, uh, October 30. And I'm, I'm literally like, it's 1123 as I record this on a uh, Halloween. So, I mean, we're, we're at the end of October here. And, uh, by the time you hear this, it shall be November. And uh, my bad, I got a little busy this uh, weekend. I try to I try to get these monthly rundowns out a little earlier than like the first day of the next month. You know, like I, ideally I get out whatever month rundown a few days before the end of the month. But hey, what can you do? I've uh, I've still been playing really busy playing catch up with uh, everything. And I won't spend this episode last last episode back. It was uh, also a solo one, and it's like an hour and ten minutes of me talking about my trip and everything. So I mean, I won't I won't get into all that in the October rundown. This is more about music and stuff. But uh, again, either way, my God, I can't believe we're at the end of October, going into November here, and uh, 2022 almost almost at the end here, almost at the end. But uh, but yeah, I uh, like I said, I've been I've been kind of busy lately, and uh, a big one getting a guest book. You know, obviously his first two episodes back, me uh, me being solo. But uh, I got to say, I have some very, very, I have a few more lined up too coming up, but I have two in uh, the next few days, which uh, I'm very excited for. And uh, I normally don't like talking about them until they've happened, but I mean, I have confirmed them. I know that I, uh, you know, like what time and day I'm talking to both of them and everything. So I I feel like it's less uh, uh, jinxing of it, but uh, Black Dahlia of uh, the Dwarves and Greg Graffin of Bad Religion. I'm talking to both of them this week. 
and uh, I cannot be more stoked. I mean, talk about a, a strong a strong return to uh, us having guests and doing interviews and stuff for the show. I uh, I can't believe it. I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty damn excited for both of those. Definitely a uh, a big fan of both. I mean. I've been, you know, Greg Graffin actually has a really, uh, he has a new book coming out, a memoir, uh, Punk Paradox, and I've gotten a chance to read a little bit of it, and I'm going to read some more before Thursday when I interview him, but uh, it's really good so far, and it's funny because, like, I was thinking about it, and, you know, I've been I've been listening to Bad Religion since around high school, and uh, that now I say that because that's when I started, like, buying their albums and listening to them further, but uh, I did love, like, Los Angeles is Burning and a couple other songs when uh, they used to play them on Fuse, like, way back in the day when I was, like, in middle school. But, like, I knew who they were, and I liked – it's kind of like, like Alkaline Trio and some other bands. Mill and Collins, another one comes to mind, where, like, these bands who, in middle school, I was familiar with them because, you know, again, watching Fuse or, like, even, like, a Warp Tour comp or something like that. But it wasn't until high school where I started going, hey, like, you know, I like that song, Stupid Kid. I should go listen to the rest of, like, From Here to Infirmary. You know, like, things like that. So Bad Religion's one of them. But, you know, on top of, uh, you know, listening to Greg Graffin's music since uh, high school, I've also been reading his books since high school. So uh, I'm I'm very excited. You know, it's, it's cool, too, because, I mean, normally, you know, he has some kind of, you know, he's written quite a few books, but, you know, they do tackle, like, you know, religion and science and different things. But I mean, he fe- he still will interject. Like, that's what I like is, uh, and I, I can't think of the first one I read. I remember I was in uh, 12th grade was the first one I read, or it's not the name of the book, but that was the first time I read uh, Greg Graffin's books. And I can't remember which one it was, but it was really good because like he was getting into like science and just, you know, I don't know, a bunch of different things, things that Greg Graffin talks about. But, uh, you know, within it, he also did talk about like, you know, punk rock in like the eighties and his youth and a couple different things. So it was like, it worked. Like he integrated it with, with the things he was talking about in the book. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's really good at that, but this one is a, uh, is a memoir, like just straight up, like talking about his life before bad religion and in bad religion. And, uh, you know, the millions of other things that he's done. I mean, that man, uh, that man has done quite a bit. So I have a lot to talk about. Same with Black Dahlia though. I mean, he has, uh, he just put out under, under the uh, name Ralph Champagne, he just put out a, a new album and I know he just uh, put out a book and, uh, the dwarves I believe are doing a bunch of reissues and like, you know, both of, uh, both of them have quite a bit, which, uh, as, as someone interviewing somebody, the more you have, the better, like that is, and it doesn't matter who you're talking, but talking to, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Both of those dudes have been at it so long and there's a million things I could talk to him about. But it's always nice the more stuff you have going on then because it's at least something to, you know, talk about, at least in the beginning. I mean, again, the conversation can go everywhere and anywhere. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I always feel like it's better the more you got going on. Plus, I'm a fan. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see them both uh, being busy. But I have uh, them booked and I have a few more booked, too, which really actually I should be I, I won't give give out uh, everybody but really I think I should have all my guests for November so we should have a guest for you every week this uh, upcoming month or I say upcoming month you're listening to this in November because there's no way it's 11:30 right now and there's no way I'm done in the next 30 minutes you'll definitely be hearing this earliest uh, early early uh, November 1st early November there you go. I uh, I can't remember what day they're playing. They're, speaking of which, the early November playing uh, around here up in Buffalo sometime in November, and I got looking at up in Mohawk Place, and uh, I believe I'll be at that show. I, I'm pretty excited. I haven't been to a uh, concert here in a hot minute and uh, would love to. Uh, there's a couple of really good ones coming up, 
And uh, the Lemonheads, that is that is another one in December, or not December, November. They're playing up at the uh, Grog Shop in Cleveland. And uh, I'm stoked because the Lemonheads are playing a few places around here, but the Grog Shop is, I mean, one of my favorite venues and also one of the most intimate. Like, the Grog Shop, I think, holds something like 800 people. And, uh, you know, the Lemonheads are playing, like, theaters, the other places around here, plus Juliana Hatfield will, uh, I don't think she's playing the entire tour, but I know she'll be on the Cleveland date, and uh, they're doing It's a Shame About Ray front to back, and I'm pretty stoked to hear, I mean, her, uh, she's kind of like Matt Sharp in that way, with kind of like with Weezer, where it's like her, uh, you know, her harmonies and backing vocals, and that bass playing, like, you know, I, I don't think get enough credit, which, you know, for what makes so great, you know, the albums that she was on, the, you know, uh, It's a Shame About Ray and Come Feel the Lemonheads, you know, kind of the same thing with a uh, blue album and Pinkerton, you know, it's like you don't give enough credit to that bass player, but I mean, my God, like they're, they're adding quite a bit to this. So I'm excited. I, I saw the lemon heads once a few years ago at first Avenue, uh, in Minneapolis with Tommy Stinson opening, but to see them with, uh, cause I think they were a trio on that record as well. So, I mean, I don't know who played drums off the top of my head on. It's a shame about Ray, but really that's, that's just about the, it's a shame about Ray lineup. So uh, I'm excited to see Evan and Juliana up there on stage in quite an intimate place. I mean, there is no, there's no, uh, whatever you call it, the divider or whatever in between the stage and the uh, crowd, no barricade or anything like that. Normally like one security dude there and uh, it's, it's going to be a good time. I'm sure that's not like a heavy moshing uh, crowd or anything like that. Shouldn't be anything too wild, but I'm still very, very excited for that. And I'm also excited Alistair is uh, coming back around here. They played, uh, I mean, I talked to Tim Rogner back in the uh, summer, and uh, one of the things we talked about, they were doing Four Chord Fest in uh, Pittsburgh, and they did that last in September, and uh, I I don't think they got to play Last Stop Suburbia all the way through. I think they had time to play most of it, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen to the interview, he says it in there, but I, I don't think I'm making that up. I don't think they had enough time in their uh in their slot to play the entire record, which I mean, they're fast punk songs, but still there's like 17 songs on that album. So there's quite a bit to get to, but uh, now they're doing like a three day run on the East coast here in December. And they're playing, uh, speaking in Cleveland again, they're playing up in Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And, uh, I'll definitely be at, at least one of those. I may try to make it to both. And they're playing last stop suburbia front to back. And, uh, I'm very excited for that. Plus eternal boy, is uh, opening, and there's another band opening too, and off the top of my head, I cannot remember who it is, but Eternal Boy is a pretty solid pop-punk band from uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, I've been listening to them since, damn, since they were called the Space Pimps back in the uh, back in the day. They, they're one of those bands who, kind of like Punchline, where like, I feel like they've just toured and played their asses off. Like, if you went to shows within like the Western New York, Northeast Pennsylvania kind of area you know like in the early 2000s or whatever like you probably saw them you know it, it kind of like bands like that so pretty cool I'm I'm definitely excited for uh, those shows including because I missed Alistair again I was going to Alaska so I, I totally missed them and uh, there are a couple bands I, I missed I mean Midtown being another not that they uh, played anywhere really near me but just you know not not really financially being able to pull going to see Midtown anywhere or uh, you know also having the time either going to Alaska but uh, I would love to see, which I don't know. It seems like the uh, show's been going really well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if uh, they start kind of doing more. You know, also really cool to see our buddies in a hidden and plain view have announced some shows on the uh, East Coast in uh, early 2023. I think in January they have like five or six shows lined up, and uh, you know, I, just, I I love seeing that. You know what I mean? I love seeing 
all these uh, bands within, you know, within the scene and stuff from, you know, the early 2000s kind of, uh, you know, area and stuff. Kind of our forte here on the show and, uh, you know, see them like playing, not only just playing shows and being active, but also that there's a, you know, like positive feedback and people are into it. You know, it seems like uh, they're kind of welcomed back with open arms. So always happy to uh, see that, including, with, you know, friends of the show like that. But, uh, yeah, it seemed, you know, same with, like, the When We Were Young Fest. I mean, that seemed like that went over uh, pretty well, minus, I think it was rain or a windstorm or something that kind of fucked up the first day. But uh, it seemed like a lot of bands, I know, like Hawthorne Heights and stuff, kind of came together and uh, did some neat stuff. But, I mean, besides that, it seemed like it went, went really well. And uh, already looking at the lineup for next year, too, I mean, it looks like there's a bunch of more bands from, you know, said scene that I'm talking about reuniting for uh, for that it seems like it's a good time for it, you know. It uh, it seems like people are paying attention and are coming to the shows, and you know, you have something like when we were young fest, and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe people my age are just now getting to an age where they got some uh, disposable income now, and uh, will come out to the shows and uh, buy the buy the vinyl repressing of whatever album is turning twenty, you know, said year. But uh, I'm I'm for it. I'm into it. So uh, yeah, definitely excited for that. I mean, look at you know I'm not I'm not talking mad shit. I was just talking about I'm excited to see Lemonheads play. It's a shame about Ray in November and then see Alistair play Last Stop Suburbia uh, in December. I'm I'm definitely excited for both of those. I don't know which one I'm more excited for. I uh, Alistair I haven't seen since oh goddamn 2014. Yeah, so I mean it's been Lemonheads I saw in 2019. Alistair it's been it's been like eight years now. So I don't know. Maybe I'm siding more on Alistair, but again. Juliana Hatfield, that doesn't happen every day. So I, I don't know. That's a that's a, a real tough one there. That's a real conundrum. You know, I, I think I talked about it on the last episode too. But like when I was stuck in uh, Sacramento, when I uh, when my car got hit and everything, John Doe was like playing up the road. But like I was so broke, and it was it was just you know financially not really in the cards to like go. But it's just like hurt knowing he was like ninety minutes away. And it was like, oh my God, like if only, you know, but gas tickets, you know, and then, and then I had to start thinking too, you know, do I stay up there? Do I come back? So he was playing two nights too. So I was also thinking about that. I'm like, I kind of want to go both nights, but if I do, does it, is it cheaper to drive back to, uh, you know, 90 minutes down to Sacramento or do I just find a cheap shitty hotel up there? You know, all these, uh, all these different things I ended up not going, which, uh, you know, probably not the worst idea. Again, I'm pretty damn broke from, uh, the accident and the trip and everything, but, uh, you know, made me sad. So I'm happy that, uh, there's some good shows coming up to kind of redeem that. I definitely need to fit in a couple more concerts before the, uh, end of 2022. And I don't know for 2023, I really, I, I guess I haven't besides that when we were young fest, the next one, which is like a year away, I really haven't looked too much on like who's touring like early 2023, but I don't want to jump that, that far ahead. Let's, uh, let's enjoy, I guess the, uh, last two months of uh 2022 been a uh been a good year for music i would say overall i've i've uh everything's been pretty damn good but really the beginning of this decade has been solid for music 2020 2021 and 2022 for as shitty as uh everything else has been you know music uh i feel like has consistently been pretty good the uh, last couple years and uh there are the white reaper which uh i'll play you something later but i mean they're they're one who come to mind for like music for next year too or I'm like, it seems like it's going to keep going. It already seems like uh, there's some bands releasing some really good records like 
early next year. So I'm, I'm definitely all about that. I know I, uh, I didn't talk about it much on the last episode and I said, I would talk about it on uh, this one, one aspect of my uh, trip that I didn't get into though, you know, speaking of like new music, but like, you know, again, like I, I went so many places on, on my uh, trip, including like Canada and Alaska, where I was getting no phone reception or anything. And you just kind of listen to what was on your phone. So like I was listening to a lot of the uh, same, not even in a bad way, but it's like, it, it really makes you kind of married to, uh, you know, certain things like once Tom got, you know, the whole announcement with blink, I, uh, I found myself listening to a lot of like dude ranch, take off your pants and jacket and of the state, uh, same with green day, like, which it's funny. Cause both these I'll talk more about in, uh, the news in music news later on, but same with like green day, like they announced the, uh, Nimrod box set coming out and, uh, started listening to Nimrod quite, quite a, a bit. And same with insomniac though, too, kind of like a 50, 50 in between those jumping, uh, jumping back and forth. And then like once, like I went and hung out with my uh, buddy, Greg Eklund from uh, Everclear. So this is a lot of like sparkling fade and so much for the afterglow. I was saying my buddy, Ben Perlstein. So uh, the Benjamins, his old band, uh, which I love so much. One of my favorite drive through records bands, you know, listening to uh, the art of disappointment quite a bit. And uh, who else did I listen to? I did talk about it last time CDs because I picked up fastballs, latest one, uh, the uh, deep end and really, really good. I listened to that a ton on the uh, trip that CD was in the CD, but I literally, and literally too, like not, not like the meta, the metaphorical CD player. That was definitely in the CD player for a good chunk of, uh, that trip. Just some damn good, uh, damn good power pop. And then, uh, some of the old school stuff, some Don McLean and Bob Dylan, some, uh, you know, some favorite singer songwriter stuff and, uh, near beer. I did listen, uh, fairly recent guests of the show, uh, Joey from the band near beer, really a uh, good dude. And I, was, I found myself listening to uh, that record, their self-titled debut, quite a bit. And uh, same with The Dirty Knit. Well, not their self-titled debut, but another uh, former guest of the show, Luke Bentham. I found myself listening to a lot of The Dirty Nil. But honestly, I listen to a lot of The Dirty Nil most of the time. They're, they're normally in fairly, I'd say they're in fairly constant rotation. Like, it, they're, they're always something that I will I will throw on. If I don't know what to listen to, I feel like, uh, you know, like master volume or something will get thrown on pretty much, uh, instantly. And I did listen to the stereo. I mean, their, their latest record 13, uh, still in, in quite a bit of rotation. I found myself listening to that one quite a bit. And, uh, I feel, I, I like it too. Cause it's one of those albums where even if you don't want to listen to it front to back, like if you're in a upbeat mood, there's upbeat songs. If you're kind of in a downer mood, there's some downer songs, like, there's mid-tempo stuff, there's fast, fun stuff, there's ballads, you know, there, there's a little bit of everything on that, so it uh, it was kind of nice, it was like whatever I was uh, feeling, you know, on uh, certain parts of the trip, it's like, hey, I got I got the stereo record here to uh, throw on, so a lot of that, and, uh, and Dramarama too, I did, I just kind of wrote down a list here of like, you know, off the top of my head, like uh, artists I listened to a ton on that trip, and uh, yeah, Dramarama was another one, Color TV, which a few years old, but like I was just talking about all the good music's come out this decade, then putting that out in 2020 and it being, in my opinion, one of the greatest records of uh, their career. I mean, a band who's been around since like, oh man, like 1978, 79, I believe they uh, started. So uh, yeah, you know, I I had a lot of, uh, I, I had a lot of artists I feel like I was listening to, but I stayed within that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just named like 10, I think I just named like 10 bands, artists, but like I listened to a lot, a lot of them. Like I, I listened, 
I I'm I'm not a super big podcast guy. I I've said that before on here, but like I I will listen to them from time to time, but uh it, it's not I just do them so much and I do interviews and you know, just whatever. I also work in radio. Like I I'm I'm doing radio probably every day at least for I mean, it could even just be something simple. Like I mean, I could just go and do radio for like two hours one day, but like most days I'm doing some kind of talking into a mic or editing, you know, audio or something. So like, you know, podcasts and spoken, you know, just dialogue and stuff like that. I don't, uh, always jump to right away, but I will actually though, I will say as I, uh, as I'm saying that two podcasts, I did listen to really like probably like two of the only podcasts I really listened to on that trip though. Uh, Jughead, uh, his podcast, Jughead's Basement and uh, talking records, my buddy Jed, his uh, his podcast, which uh, I've listened to in the past, but like I don't listen to it consistently because again, I it's it's not even anything towards that. I, it has a really damn good podcast. I just I don't listen to podcasts like on a uh, you know consistent basis in that way. So I had a lot to catch up to with uh, or catch up on uh, some of his episodes, and uh, that was really fun. And that also kind of got uh, you know, like I said, like the Nimrod box set being one where like when that got announced, I started listening to it more, but then he had an episode on Nimrod and listening to that also made me like, Oh fuck, I really do like this record. And, uh, going back and listening to that a lot more and, uh, same with Jughead. I mean, he, uh, you know, not to make this podcast a, uh, a spot, you know, a plug for other people's podcasts, but, uh, he just did a whole little like series on the smoking popes dissecting their, uh, born to quit record and talking to everybody in the band and stuff, doing really extensive interviews. And, uh, that was really fun. He, he is a solid, he's a solid interviewer. I mean, really like, you know, he, he could be there. There's so many musicians who start a podcast and they're just not very good at it. They just kind of lean on, you know, the whole, Hey, I'm so-and-so from this band, but he's legitimately a good, uh, interviewer. And, uh, I mean, very, very early we, we have no like set concrete plans, but I do think him and I, are gonna uh kind of I don't know talking about doing something more in the future and uh, I'm excited for that I definitely want to have him on the show more you know I love that is the cool thing I think about doing the show now for six years is being able to have like returning guests and you know I, if you even want to say regulars I mean you know I, I feel like Joey Cobras you know my buddy Kyle Steven like people like that who uh you know kind of I would I would say fairly regulars at least which, uh, you know, Kyle, funny enough though, Kyle's been on in a while, uh, for no real reason. I just busy. It's one of those things too, where it's like, I mean, you know, this is, this is, I, I, if anybody thinks this is like a, uh, you know, million dollar podcast or I'm swimming in the big bucks off this one, definitely, uh, definitely sadly not the truth of the power court hour. So it's like, you know, it's basically me asking friends, you know, in, in a case like with Kyle, where it's like, Hey dude, you want to like give up your entire evening <laughs> to like, you know, talk about pop punk with me for like four hours. Cause we can't listen. The episode might be, you can ask Joey Cobra this as well. And he might even get it worse. Cause I get him in the double face studios and would just sit there and it's like the episode might be 90 minutes, but we probably talked for three or four hours. There was, there was one, I don't remember what episode it was, but it was me, Kyle and Zach were doing it. And the three of us talked forever, but then Zach had to get off the phone because he had like work in the morning and me and Kyle kept going and going and talking. You know, this is, this is far from off air or, you know, this is long after being off air. Like we, we did maybe a 90 minute, maybe two hour episode. Me and him, when we got off the phone, I looked we're on the phone over four fucking hours all or not four, I'm sorry, five hours altogether. 
Um, I mean, from the beginning, you know, from us just bullshitting before recording to then recording the episode to then talking after the episode to me, then driving to Pennsylvania to get a sandwich from sheets. Cause it was midnight and nothing was open around me. Like the, the conversation just kept going, going, which I, I love it. But again, it's like, you know, you can't ask people to do that all, all the time. So definitely, uh, you know, definitely have some more Kyle and Joey is, as well. Got to have him on again, but we had him on back in like. I think August. So, I mean, it's only been like a couple months, but you know, anyway, was I was getting to a second ago though, about like regulars and having people on and, you know, repeat guests and stuff. I really enjoy doing that. I really like kind of, you know, cause it also gives you a chance, I think, to really get to know someone too. You know, I, I, I have no, I have no, you know, delusions that like, you know, talking to someone for 30 minutes means that, uh, you know, I, I know them inside and out and know them so well. And they're now my close personal friend, you know, nothing like that, but it is nice when you start bullshitting with, uh, with people and having them on a couple of times. Cause you just start, you know, you can just have kind of normal conversations and it's like, even though you're, you're still like, Oh my God, you're so-and-so it's like, you know, you're a little more chill about it. You've talked to him a couple of times, you know, it's, uh, it, it's cool in that way. I mean, that probably helped when I went to go hang out with Greg Eklund that, He's been on the show a couple times and we've talked on the phone for hours because if I just went and hung out with him and never like met him before, it's just like, oh my God, this guy who's played on all these records I love. Like, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have been as chill as I was, you know, it, it, I, I think it helps. So it, th- what I'm saying is the more, the more we have people on, the more chill I am with them. So uh, I welcome it. I love a uh, repeat guest, but I would also love to know from uh from you I did want to ask and I mean you know it could be a repeat guest be someone we've never had on the show but as I do keep getting interviews around you know who would you like to hear on the show you know that's always important and on top of that too I know it's not the radio show but a lot of people listen to the podcast also listen to the radio show and I'd love if you listen to it maybe if you've uh never checked it out I mean I try to I try to let people know it's a four-hour radio show and it's me spinning music and talking and stuff and you know, not that it's totally different from this, but it, it, it is different. It's not me re-airing the podcast. So, I mean, if you like what you hear on this, I think you really would enjoy the radio show. So I do try to entice people to listen to that. But, you know, I would love to know who I should interview and what songs and, like, music I should spin on the radio show, even if not specific songs, like what bands and stuff you'd like to hear. And, uh, you know, as always, you can tell me that, powercordhour at gmail.com. You can hit me up on our social media whatever, just let me know. And you know, that, that stuff is definitely important to me because I appreciate people who, uh, you know, people listen to the show and support the show. And I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm playing the good stuff or having guests on that you like. So, you know, including, cause really, I mean, if you listen to this, we probably have similar tastes in music and stuff anyway. So, you know, people who you would like to hear on the show or music you'd like to hear me play, probably not totally different from what I'd want to play anyways. So, you know, always, uh, always welcoming to uh, hear from people and uh, get your feedback on that. So let me know all that, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny too. I was just thinking about it. I mean, I, I am recording this. It is still uh, Halloween for 10 minutes here, but uh, in a way this is a, you know, I'm recording on Halloween, but it's really not a Halloween uh, episode, but we did, uh, we did do last Friday. That was our Halloween episode of the radio show. And uh, that was pretty fun that we did have some technical difficulties, which uh, fucked the show up a couple times. But we uh, still had four hours of punk and alternative Halloween music, which it it was insane to compile. That is that is the one thing with doing a four hour radio show is even even me talking and stuff. You know, you're still looking at like sixty plus songs normally. Like I average about sixty songs per episode if I'm doing a if I don't have guests or something on. Um, you know, if it's just a straight up music and me talking solo episode of the radio show, I mean, 
easily 60 songs at the at the bare minimum and uh you know for something like that it's uh it i mean you got to really find the songs you know and i mean i have staples that i play every year but you also try to mix it up try to find out you know like halloween songs that came out this year and stuff and again under under you know I'm not I'm not just playing like Halloween standards. I'm playing what you would expect on the Power Chord Hour. They're just Halloween songs. Just a little more gothy than normal. But um, you know, it's a it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. And uh yeah, this one this one was really you know, it's one of those things like I kind of forget every year and then and then it comes around to uh, including this time of the year because we do the Halloween special and then I mean hell in in another, you know, under it's not even two months really, like close to like month and a half or whatever. I'll be doing the Christmas episode, and then like a week after that, I'll be doing my episode where I'll play all songs from from obviously this year, but you know whatever year it is, doing like my top ten of the year and stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, like doing those specialty ones, but they are fun because at first you're like, oh my god, I got to think of like all these Halloween songs and this and that. But it's like it is fun, and you start doing it too, and it, and you get on air and and the energy of it, you know, it sounds cheesy, but definitely kind of the energy of like, oh, it is my you know Halloween special episode. It's not just you know, what, you know, same old, same old radio show this week. It, it, uh, it does become quite fun. Plus I, uh, I mean, I, I go, I go nuts with the misfits, which you have to, I mean, that's the, we do fiend club Friday, which I didn't really get to do this year since I was gone, but where, uh, you know, I play a misfit song or songs, you know, sometimes I'll play more than one each Friday leading up. And then, yeah, the Halloween episode is, is essentially a bunch of misfit songs and then, you know, some other bands. And actually, this might have been the first year. I don't know that I had played any Misfits covers. A lot of times I will play other bands covering the Misfits. There's like that Violent World comp. And, I mean, on top of, you know, I mean, how many punk bands have covered, punk and non-punk bands have covered the Misfits. I mean, talking Lemonheads earlier, you know, they one of the best covers they've ever done is uh, the Misfits Skulls. You know, brilliant, brilliant cover there. But uh, I don't think I played any this year, but mainly because I uh, played Static Age and Walk Among Us front to back in the uh, third and fourth hour. And that, that, you know, and that's the funny thing actually about the hour. And I think I might have even said, like, if you look on like an Instagram post or something, I originally was going to do, okay, we'll play Static Age front to back in the first hour and then Walk Among Us in the third. But I was talking about this on the radio show. There's this thing called Safe Harbor Act. And, you know, basically after 10 p.m., on radio and TV and stuff, you can kind of get away with, with more, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of implied that, you know, kids aren't watching or listening and you can, you can be a little more adult about things. And originally, again, I was, I was going to play, uh, I mean, walk among us, I was going to play third hour, but, uh, static age, I was going to open up the show with at eight o'clock. And, you know, I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I could do that, but there's going to be a lot of editing in these songs and having to censor things. So I'm just like, I, you know, I, I feel like we're better off just playing that stuff, you know, straight through unedited later on in the night. So I did hold off until later. So I didn't have to like, you know, start cutting the hell out of all those songs on static age and just, you know, make it, you know, you're like listening to it just keep si- you know, silencing in, in moments where, uh, some cursing or, you know, some, uh, unsultry subject matter, which, uh, there is quite a bit of on uh, on Static Age. It's one of those funny things too, because like, I mean, you can listen to a Misfit song and for the most part go like, oh, okay, you can pick up that it's like, you know, about zombies or about murder or this or that. But it's like, it's not really till you sit down with the lyric sheet and really read the lyrics and take it in and go like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, 
but again, at the same time, though, I feel like that also is the brilliance of uh, of the Misfits, including that uh, Danzig era stuff where, like, you know, it's this fast, like, punk and a lot. Of, even I, I think the best stuff, which have kind of the Ramones chord progressions or even just the rock and roll chord progressions, like one, four, five, and, uh, you know, like just major chords and stuff. And it's like, you know, pretty fast major chords, somewhat happy sounding music with just the most fucked up lyrics over it. But I mean, you also have to, you have to give Danzig this, this credit because at the same time, you know, as ridiculous and over the top of those lyrics are a lot of times they were, they, he really rode that line of, of, of them either being way, way, way too like, you know, try hard and they're just terrible, like all together and they just don't work. And then the other side of it being just cheesy to the point of you laughing, he normally finds that sweet spot in the middle where, uh, you know, it, it's either not too over the top. I mean, don't get me wrong, it is over the top, but it's not like, oh, you sound like a 14-year-old trying to be edgy versus, you know, the other way too where you listen to one of the songs, you just laugh your ass off because of how ridiculous and over the top those lyrics are. I, I feel like he toes that line pretty damn well. And, uh, you know, it's that time of year and any excuse to play a bunch of misfits. So that that's what I did on the uh, Halloween special. But, yeah, funny enough, this was our sixth one. And I think the first one I didn't play any uh, misfits covers. Unless I'm forgetting one in there, I don't think we did any covers. I just because I played so much misfits, there was no need. You know, you heard all all the like quintessential misfits and just those two records that it's like, why am I going to play that song again with another band, you know, doing a, a you know, most of them are good covers, but I don't really know that any of them, you know, beat out the uh, the original versions by the Misfits. So it's like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do that. But it was fun, you know, it, and it definitely, again, like a reminder of, my God, where we are in the year that uh, I'm already doing the Halloween special of the show. But uh, yeah, it's come and gone. Bring on, uh, bring on the seventh annual one next year. But yeah, ironically, that was our Halloween special Friday night, and now I'm uh, recording this one on Halloween, but uh, really nothing uh, too Halloweenish about it, I, I would say. But uh, yeah, so that's what I got for you. We're gonna get into uh, some new music releases. I play you some music. We'll get into some music news, and that will be our uh, October rundown. But uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, though, too, some good stuff coming out this month. Jimmy World put out a great new single, "Place Your Debts." You know, it's it's that like mid-tempo, moody kind of sad ballady a little, dare I say, um, Jimmy Eat World, and it's just what they do best. You know, they just they they build. There's an ambiance around around the song, and it's just more than just you know like a straightforward three-minute like pop rock song, and they they just do it so well. I think they've really, I don't know, last couple records too, including on uh, including on Integrity Blues, even more than Survival, but like they kind of channeled things that I think really make Futures one of people's favorite Jimmy World records. Now, it's not my favorite. I do love, Futures is a great record. I'm not saying it's not great, but I think Clarity is the best fucking record. But I think they figured out like like elements of Futures that people love about that album, but not like rehashing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, it does, none of it sounds like, Oh, this could be a B-side to Futures. It's just they really kind of channeled whatever they did on that record that they did really well, and they were able to channel it again, if that makes sense. You know, again, without without trying to just recreate that album or rehash those songs. And, uh, yeah, this new single is really good. I mean, they did that Something's Loud uh, maybe like two months ago or so, and that one was good too, but I think this one is uh, 
as far as these singles, I think is uh, the superior one. And I don't know if this is leading to a new record or not, but I mean, it's been long enough since Survival came out that I would think at this point the band's thinking about putting out another record. So I wouldn't be too surprised about that. White Reaper put out a new single, Pages, which I will uh, play you here in a minute, and a new single off their record coming out this January. And I'm so excited for it. This song got me, uh, I mean, I was already pretty much anticipating new music from them, but they did not disappoint me with this one. The production is slick, sounds great. I uh, I really like the uh, music video they just put out for Pages. So uh, if you're a fan and you've not, well, you're, you'll hear it here in a second, but uh, music video is worth going and watching too. I, I definitely enjoy it. Another band putting out their first record since, oh my God, I believe 1998. 1999 somewhere in there uh archers of loaf back with a new one reason and decline really good stuff i mean they put out some of those singles the last couple years were really good like raleigh days i i really fucking love that song and uh you know all, all the other songs really good too that one though stands out where i'm like that was just a classic like archers of loaf song but a new record sounds really good i i highly recommend it if you've not uh, listened to it yet i mean if you're if you're an archers of loaf fan i don't think it's gonna it's going to disappoint in any way. And if you're not an Archers of Low fan, that's just insane. And uh, you should listen to that record because you should probably be listening to uh, Archers of Low. I mean, if you listen to the show, you should be listening to Archers of Low, folks. And uh, New Junk City have a new record out, Bag of Promise. Sweet Teeth put out their new one, High Anxiety. Our buddies in Golden Richards put out a new single called Will I Be Cool. Night Marathons just put out, I think like a week ago, their new album, Hidden Vigorish. Uh, Ten Foot Pole put out Winning. The new band Mutt, which have a few uh, ex-members of uh, Culture Abuse, they just put out a new record, Bad to the Bone. Story of the Year put out a new single, Tear Me to Pieces. And uh, they'll have a new, I believe their new album comes out in uh, January as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Blink-182 just put out their uh, their first new song with Tom DeLonge called Edging, which I mean, I feel like everyone's probably heard it at this point, but still, I'm going to play it for you in a minute, and uh, we'll talk more about that in the Blink, uh, the Tom reunion here in uh, the music news, and uh, Sparta put out a uh, new album, self-titled, and uh, I always like that when a band puts out a self-titled later on, you know, because I always feel like it's something you do in the debut, but when a band does it later on, I'm like, oh shit, what is it, like, like, I normally feel like there's a reason to do a self-titled later on. I, I guess that, or you just can't think of a, uh, maybe I'm putting too much weight in that. Maybe you just can't think of a song or of an album title. So then you just go uh, self-titled. Uh, like I was talking about earlier, Blake Dahlia just put out a new one introducing Ralph Champagne. And I'll be talking to him in a, a couple days and we should have that interview for you on the uh, power Court hour, probably like two weeks from now. So be on the lookout for that. I'll be talking to Blake all about Ralph Champagne and uh, all the other stuff he has going on. He, he's staying quite busy lately. Uh, the early November, talking about them earlier, they just put out a new record, 20, and they're on tour right now. So if you're a fan of the early November, I would definitely look up tour dates because they're playing quite a few and uh, more than likely going to be around you. Bayside put out the Red EP. The band Pup just put out a live record. Pup unravels live in front of everyone they know. Lovebreakers put out a new single, Isolation Summer, off their upcoming new record, which uh, I'm excited for. More, uh, more really anticipated music of 2023 i cannot wait for new love breakers the guitar tone on a isolation summer is uh unreal and also they just put out a grade a uh cover of the go-go's vacation a song which i've never understood why more punk bands don't cover it should be now i don't know now i'm gonna jinx it and people are gonna play it to hell and i'm gonna hate it but like 
That song's so good and is already kind of a, you know, I mean, the Go-Go's kind of dabble within, uh, you know, punk to a point. You know, they definitely, they, they, they dabble within it. You know, I, I play them on the show and stuff from time to time. And, uh, you know, it's already kind of uh, within that realm. And I just can't believe more punk bands, pop punk bands don't uh, do that song. But Lovebreakers did a solid, uh, Jack did a really good acoustic cover of it and uh, well worth your time. It's on their YouTube page. I don't know if they released it as a single or anything like that. You might have to go listen to it on YouTube. I don't know if it's on Spotify or anything, but definitely worth your time as well as Isolation Summer. And uh, I'm excited for that new record. We definitely got to have those dudes back on to uh, talk their sophomore record because I think they're about to release. I, I think this one might even be better than their debut record. And that thing was pretty damn good. Primary Colors, if you have not listened to that one, one of my favorites of uh, 2021. And uh, another new one, Hawthorne Heights came out with their new single, Dandelions. I really like this one. Definitely uh, has that like classic Hawthorne Heights sound to it, which uh, I definitely enjoy, but still sounds fresh. I, uh, I I stand by that, you know, I mean, people, and myself included, love, uh, you know, those early records, but, like, they keep getting better. Like, really, like, I feel like nostalgia is, like, the number one reason why a lot of people think, like, Silence in Black and White and If Only You Were Lonely is, like, their best stuff because I'm, like... I don't think so. I think I think they're they're really they've hit a really good groove. I think they all write really well. I think Mark, you know, his his songwriting on the last few records I think has really helped. And I think uh, you know, just them all writing together too, they've just grown a bond with, with how they do it and stuff and I, I don't know. I think they're I think they're writing their best stuff the last couple of records. And uh and I, I'm still partial too to the Hate, Hope and Hurt uh EP trilogy. Those those are pretty damn good. Some of my favorite uh Hawthorne Heights songs are uh, on those. But I thought I'd play this one for you to open up the new releases. So right now here's Hawthorne Heights with their new single Dandelions, right here on the October twenty twenty two rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast. <laughs>
right here on the October 2022 rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast off one of my most anticipated records of 2023. There was White Reaper with their first single off of it. That was Pages. Before that was Blink-182 with their first song with Tom DeLonge since uh, 2012's Dogs Eating Dogs EP. And uh, there they are with Edging, which, again, you've probably heard that one since since it came out like two weeks ago. But, you know, I'm going to play it. I, I'm excited for uh, Blink. We'll get to that here in a second. And uh, opening up that block of music was uh, Hawthorne Heights with their new single, Dandelions. And uh, they're another one. I don't know if they have a new record coming out right away or not. I believe they do. I think they were kind of teasing it, but probably another one for uh, 2023. So you can also throw that on there. Definitely uh, anticipating that. Their uh, last record, The Rain Just Follows Me, was a really, really good one. I I enjoyed that. So definitely looking forward to the next one. But uh, getting into music news, let's talk talk Blink-182 a little bit. You know, unless you've been living under a rock, I mean, this music news, I get to way, way fucking late, but uh, it's just kind of fun to talk about. But uh, yeah, Tom DeLonge back in Blink-182, back on on, uh, October 14th, they released their uh, first single back called Edging and uh, announced they have an upcoming tour with uh, Turnstile, the story so far, and uh, Rise Against and uh, Wallows all uh, opening, doing a big old like world tour and uh that's next year along with they did announce a new album don't believe they announced a date yet there's no uh you know songs you know other song titles or songs announced or the name of the album or anything like that but there is an album coming and uh yeah the big one too just a huge uh a huge tour uh they'll be hitting uh south america then coming back up to north america and uh up into canada but uh, tons and tons of places. I know they'll be playing uh, Toronto, Pittsburgh, New York City, Los Angeles, San Diego, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Houston, Atlanta, uh, Glasgow, Scotland, Dublin, Ireland. They'll be over in Hamburg, Germany, uh, London, England. I mean, they it, it goes on and on and possibly, I think, even in, yeah, in, I was going to say into uh, 2024 as well. I'm uh, looking at all the dates and I'm like, yeah, I, I was, I could have swore it. It also went into 2024. So, I mean, they're, they're like back and ready to go. It seems like they're jumping right in, which is so different from the last reunion when, uh, which I mean, to be fair, the last reunion, they were, they were broken up for, you know, however many years, uh, I think like four or five years before they reunited in 2009. Whereas this time, you know, they reunited with Tom, but you know, they were still a band during that time, but you know, still when you look, when you think of that 2009 reunion, there was so much, I mean, I remember like yelling for up all night when I went to see him in 20, you know, in 2009 and they, they didn't release up all night until 2011. And, uh, you know, there's so much time in between before they put out new music and, you know, I mean, they toured a decent amount when they first got back together, but you know, definitely have those, those, uh, you know, moments of, uh, inactiveness while they all, uh, Mark, Tom and Travis all kind of went and did other stuff, but it seems like this one, I mean, they're, they're fully committing to it and, uh, I'm excited. I mean, you know, edging it's, it's not a bad song. I mean, look at, do I think it's the greatest Blink-182 song of all time? Absolutely not. But you know, for a single and for Blink, it's like, I, I think it's a good return. I, it, it does make sense why, uh, and it also seems to be doing really well. It seems to be charting really high, like on rock radio and stuff. So, uh, not a, not a bad thing at all. And, uh, which I mean, also, you know, they, they've been around and I've kind of talked about it with blink, you know, in, in some of my criticisms, even with like, 
you know, the, the, whether or not, you know, being comfortable of like, are we now a, you know, nostalgia act or this or that, but, you know, to, to, you know, I mean, still have, you know, radio hits and, you know, staying relevant and stuff like that. It, it seems like they could continue to, uh, you know, pump out some good stuff, you know, and that's with radio or not. I mean, really, even like with neighborhoods for as much, uh, for as much as I thought people were excited for blink, you know, if you look back at that, they, they definitely, you know, like up all night and stuff was a single and after midnight and stuff, but not a, uh, not which part of it too. I mean, I, I think Interscope wasn't pushing, uh, you know, I've heard that quite a bit, like including, you know, I mean, most stuff at that time, you know, major labels were definitely hurting, but I think also the rock department at like Interscope, I swear, I remember them talking about it was almost non-existent and uh, not a lot of like pushing or promoting of uh, the albums, but I, I was always kind of surprised that one didn't have more of a push back then. Whereas this one seems like they're going all for it. Like it, uh, people seem to be all about it, which again, I'm, I'm right there. I mean, I, there, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about this a million times over. I mean, I, I love alkaline trio. I hated blink One Eight Two with, with a uh, Matt Skiba in it. Just, I, the songs were not good. The music was not good. John Feldman, while I do think he's a good producer, I think he did a horrible fucking job with Blink. I don't like what he did, you know, with it. And I mean, also, Blame goes on the band too. The song, you know, the songs just weren't great. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously, separately, I think Matt Skiba's a fucking genius. I, I mean, Alkaline Trio is one of my favorite bands. And, uh, you know, Blink with Tom back in it, very, very excited for it. You know, I, I'm also one like, you know, Dogs Eating Dogs, I thought was a solid EP. And I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the, you know, going off edging. I don't think that's the direction they'll take on this. But I just mean, I I still think they, uh, I think Mark, Tom and Travis, like that, that lineup, I think still has some uh, good records in them and some good songs. So I'm very happy to see Tom back in, in Blink. It did seem like it was inevitable. Like, I don't, I don't know that anyone thought he would never, ever, ever come back. Like, you know, I, I don't think anyone really knew when he'd be back, but I don't think anyone thought it would be like, you know, permanent. But even with that said, I mean, it's crazy to think of how long, I mean, he was gone like seven years, I think. Like, I, I think that first show they did with Skiba was like 2015. So, I mean, there was seven years without, without uh, Tom and Blink, but uh, they're back. So I'm all about it. I'm excited for it. And uh, I mean, they, they should probably do an interview on this show because I'm sure they'll have they'll they'll need help selling uh albums or tickets. I, I think a lot of those shows have already uh sold out too. I mean they they're not they're again, they're not having trouble finding uh, you know, interest in this reunion. I think I think people are pretty uh excited for it and I'm I'm definitely one of those people. So uh very stoked to uh, see that. You know, I was talking about it a little bit earlier too, another piece of uh music news, but uh, to celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary of Nimrod Green Day announced a, a really cool anniversary box set, and uh, it has it would be it's, it's a three disc. I don't know I don't know how many LPs it'll be, but uh, you get Nimrod and then a big old CD of uh, Nimrod demos. There's 14 songs on it, and then a, a live set live at the Electric Factory 1997. So uh, I I'm looking forward to this. I this is probably one I will uh, end up grabbing. Oh, actually. As I pull up the uh, little press release here, as I was talking about uh, the records and vinyl, it's going to be a five LP box set. So uh, that's uh, that's pretty neat. That's, it, I was going to say it seemed like it's three CDs, but I was going to say I, I would assume there's uh, there's a lot more to uh, to the vinyl. But uh, also, there's a box set with a CD that includes booklet, a uh, path, a uh, patch. My bad, 
in a uh, backstage pass. So uh, there's some neat stuff there, but I mean, you can, uh, I mean, you can obviously pit- see pictures and everything of it online. But it uh, looks like a cool box set. I mean, they did the uh, they did the Insomniac one for the anniversary, but uh, they didn't really. They kind of uh, they really didn't give you like the rarities and stuff like that. That's what I like about this one on the on that on that Insomniac one. You got the uh, they did like a live set or something. I can't remember where, but they uh, they played somewhere and it was like from the Insomniac or yeah the Insomniac tour. Whereas uh, with this one, I like I like the fact that you get. 14 uh, uh demos and you get to and some of those aren't songs that are actually on the record either so i mean some of them are songs that uh i don't know if these have ever seen the light of day i mean maybe maybe the demos leaked onto the internet you know years ago and stuff but i i can tell you looking uh looking through there i've not seen a lot of these and there's also uh two songs you irritate me and uh trey polka which uh, were two unreleased green day songs and you can hear the uh, you irritate me. They did put out as like a not. I don't know. I don't know. I call it a single, but uh, they put it out kind of as a uh, you know celebrate or teaser of Nimrod. So that one is uh, out now to listen to. But uh, you know, I, I want to talk about this because again, I listened to this record quite a bit on my trip, and uh, it, it is up there. I think is again one of their. Uh, it, it's funny. Maybe three years ago or so, whenever, whenever. Um, before before talking insomniac on this show with kyle steven i would have said nimrod i preferred and nimrod i don't know dookie for a long time says one of my favorites nimrod maybe even for a hot minute did and then insomniac took that all over but nimrod nimrod there for a minute i definitely i definitely would have said was my favorite and some of those some of my favorite green day songs are on this record i uptight is up there is i i don't know that might be like top three Green Day songs. My, it's funny because my, I think my favorite Green Day songs. When I think about them, aren't aren't ones that like. I mean, I think they're deep cuts, but like, I also don't know that I could sit here and. I think that's not true. I probably could sit here and dissect them for hours because we've done it before with songs. But like, I I don't know the rhyme or reason to a lot of my favorite Green Day songs. I'm just like that one. I really like. Like, I mean, uptight. There's nothing like. It's a good song, but even I'm kind of like I don't know. There's other ones that. I don't know. They do more in the song. Or there's just that they would like make you really like it. I don't. I don't know what makes me like uh, uptight so much, but I would say that's one of my favorites of uh, theirs. But that whole record, I I do like the uh, the diversity on it. The uh, it does it does get pretty uh, eclectic at times. But uh, now nowadays, I would I would take Insomniac over it. But I mean, still, Nimrod's a great fucking record. I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things where. It's like me talking my favorite replacements records. Yes, I like some more than others, but I love them all. You know what I mean? There's none that I like hate. And uh, you know, that that really anything Green Day put out in the nineties is kind of that way is like, I mean, there's some things I like more than others, but I mean Green Day really for that entire decade could do no wrong. I mean, you know, at least in my opinion, they they really at no point were like fucking up. Anything they put out during that decade is uh well worth listening to. So I'm excited for that box set. I they should do you know, I mean, they, they, they're a band who will play Dookie. Like, I feel like they'll just randomly at a, at a, be playing a show and go, okay, we're playing Dookie front to back tonight. But, uh, you know, they, they don't do that. I think so much with like the Nimrods and Somniacs, even like warning and stuff like that. Like, I would love to see them do like a tour where they played like, like this one, like Nimrod for its 25th. Like, I'd love to see a show where they played this record front to back. I think that would be such a good time, you know, and they play songs off this album, but they play, I feel like, the same handful of songs most of the time live. 
So, you know, there, there's so many, like Uptight, like I was just talking about, like, I, you, I don't know if they've ever played that one live. You know, like, their songs on here, I would love to hear them finally play live. That would be so rad. So uh, I'm looking forward to that box set. Definitely excited for that. I, I will be picking that up. Probably just CD, though. I don't know. I, I don't listen to... I don't listen to vinyl as much lately, so I don't know that I can justify. I don't know the price tag, but a 5LP box set is not going to be uh, super, super cheap. The Insomniac one was like 30 bucks, but that was like 2 LPs. So 5 LPs, yeah, I don't know, probably out of probably out of my price range. I may stick to CD for this one. All right, one more piece of uh, music news and a uh, another box set, but I thought pretty neat. drive through Records. Were, uh, was really teasing there for a while from uh, like through September into October that they had something coming up. And uh, they finally announced for their uh, 26th anniversary, they're doing a EP box set with a few of these being uh, represses and a couple of them being releases that have uh, never been available on uh, vinyl at all. And they uh, they kicked it off with the first one, the starting lines with hopes of starting over, which that one has been pressed on vinyl before, but really limited vinyl like a decade ago. So uh, that is up now. They just also opened up a, a new merch store with uh, that and a bunch of uh, like drive through records, hats and shirts and like some throwback merch. So uh, you can find that on there on uh, the drive through records website now. And it's, it's up for pre-orders. You can find it. They have not announced the uh, other four yet, but uh, I'm quite excited for it. I mean, you kind of, it's kind of fun because they're going to be EPs. So, I mean, you got to kind of look back at the EPs that drive through records put out through the year, the years. And, uh, I mean, everyone's kind of talking, which it seems inevitable. Like probably, uh, the movie life's ha- has a gambling problem. I would assume that's going to be one of them. Uh, Finch's first EP senses fails first EP. I would probably say that gets you to three, um, I don't know, you know, it, it's hard, maybe hello, goodbye. The, the first EP with them, like at the same time, I forget how many bands truly did have like their first release on drive through was an EP. Like you honestly forget that, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a couple others, maybe the early November for all of this EP. There's, there's a few, there's a few, it could be, but, uh, that seems pretty cool. The, the variants, they, they do show like the splatter colors and stuff and they look like they're really cool. The, uh, the box set comes with a couple other things. I don't know everything within it, but, uh, it does come with a, like, I think maybe like a pin and, uh, it comes with a box set casing and a couple other things. But, uh, also, I mean, some neat merch on there. Not, not like this is like an advertisement for drive through records. I just love the label, but, uh, yeah, like shirts and hoodies and different shit on, uh, all you can find all this at drive through records.com. But, uh, I'm excited for it. I mean, I feel like every couple years drive through, uh, kind of resurrects and, does does a couple small things. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they've never gotten back. You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised they've never, like, revived the label more in an active way. And I don't even mean that so much as having to sign new bands. But, I mean, even, even just as a nostalgia label or, you know, a legacy label or whatever, whatever you want to call it, I'm surprised they don't do more with it. Because, again, like, every couple years, the kind of, you know, come back out and, and do a little something here and there and then just kind of disappear again. And, uh, I don't know. I would, I would like to see him do more stuff again. I, I mean, I know the label definitely has its, has its and had its flaws, but I mean, I, you're not going to hear me say they put out some of the best fucking music. I mean, that is to this day, drive through records is, and will probably always be one of my all time favorite record labels. I mean, they just, 
they almost everything they put out was was just so goddamn good. I mean, they really that track re- that track record was pretty damn uh, impressive, and also huge within you know. I mean, I mean even further than pop punk, but I mean even just punk and pop punk and all that. I mean, they were so so many of the best albums from the early two thousands. So many of the defining you know the albums that defined the genre, you know, were drive through records. You know, I mean definitely one of those uh you know labels where if you really look at the bands and the releases that were coming out so much of that stuff from that time the best stuff came out on drive through same with a lot of these like you know go look at like when we were young fest and you know some of these different uh you know just kind of the nostalgia you know festivals or tours or whatever a lot of those bands were on drive through you know what i mean like a lot of those, a lot of those bands, their best shit came out on drive through and they were, you know, considered drive through bands for, uh, you know, for a long time. I mean, there's, there's bands, I mean, Alistair being one of them, you know, I know I've talked to Alistair on this episode and, you know, I mean, they haven't been on drive through now and I don't even know how many years, I mean, we're talking probably 15 plus years since they've been on drive through. And, uh, I think myself and most people consider them a drive through band. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's. It's one of those interesting things. I think there's a lot of record labels where people don't think in that way, where you're not you're not considered a so and so band because you released a few. You know, I mean, maybe if you're always on always on that label, but I mean, again, there's bands still going now who, uh, you know, the label's been defunct for how many years, and uh, you know, they're still considered a drive-through band, even though I mean, how many you know they could be on a million other labels, but they will always be a drive-through band. It's it's kind of funny how that works. I mean, I. I don't know how the bands themselves feel about that, but uh, I think it does speak about the uh, you know just the legacy and impact that uh, Drive Through Records really did have. So I don't know if I'll grab. I mean, you know, I was just talking about with the with the Nimrod box set. I'm I'm not listening to a ton of vinyl lately, so I don't know that I'll grab this. But I do know if you're a vinyl collector, I mean they they go fast. Like that starting line when they press that like a decade ago. Those things went fast, and I believe they sell for quite a bit online. So I mean, probably worth grabbing these now and not waiting too long because I'm sure I'm sure they won't last. I don't I don't know the uh, how limited all the pressings will be, but uh, I I think they're limited enough where if you want one, you should probably grab one. But uh, yeah, that is that's a little music news for you. Just a uh, a few couple things there that happened in October 2022. Some uh, releases and hey, Tom is back in Blink, so can't complain. Not a uh, not all is bad in the world. Some some is right in the world again, which uh, which makes me happy. But that's gonna be the October 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. And uh, if you would follow us online, we're at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email me, powercordhour at gmail.com. Again, I'd love to hear who you think I should interview on the show, uh, what bands I should be playing on the radio show, all that good stuff. Hit me up. Oh, what else? Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Definitely a, a big help and spread the word on the show. The radio show every Friday night, 8 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA. You can listen from anywhere in the world. Go to WRFALP.com. You'll see the listen button and you can stream the station from there. Um, in the links here, we got donate buttons. You know, I, I know I don't have a Patreon or anything like that, but if you'd like to help show costs and I'm fucking broke after the car accident and going to Alaska. And I mean, you know, the, the money, the money you send goes into the show, but it helps me not have to, uh, you know, basically put, put money in my own wallet into show costs. So if you wouldn't mind helping cover show costs, 
I uh, it, the links will be in the podcast notes or description, and uh, you can donate to the PayPal or Cash App. And I definitely appreciate that. If you got anything to uh, you know to contribute, I appreciate. It, but also get it. If you don't, I myself am uh, is broke as shit. So if you're broke as shit too, I totally understand. Totally cool. Just keep enjoying the show. But uh, I'll be back next week with uh, probably Greg Graffin, either Greg Graffin or Black Dahlia. And uh, whichever one we don't have next week, we'll have the following week. So that's pretty damn uh, exciting. Hopefully you're as excited as I am. But uh, until then, for the Power Court Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.